Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, guys. Uh, welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. And ordinarily, I try to be coy about stuff, but wow, 8.2 dropped yesterday and a lot of stuff, guys. Let's... And hi, Anne's here. Anne Stickney, hi, say hi to Anne. Anne, say hi to them. Hi, I'm here. Let's just start talking. Let's just go. There's Let's so go much right to get into. Yep. Like, so much to get into. Did you see the cinematic that they put on YouTube yeah. today? Mm-hmm. <gasps> yep. It's yep. almost everything that I wanted. Almost see, everything honestly, that I wanted. I, I'm. That's cool and all, but I, I can't get... Like, I don't want to get too into lore because we have a show where that's what we talk about the whole time. I know. And, and we're going to talk about this but, stuff like next lore watch. Yes. But, so I'm going to actually make the first thing I talk about the fact that I messed up when writing an article for our site. So Ian Hazacostas had to come out and correct me. And I wanted to make sure people knew this. The uh, mount equipment that was introduced in patch 8.2, that's a thing now where instead of, you know, you have a special mount that runs on water, um, or you have like weird horseshoes you have to put on your mount. From now on, there's an equipment tab on the mount page. And what you, you basically just go look at your mount page and there's a tab right there at the near the bottom that's just for equipment. And the equipment they have, mount equipment, it's very similar to like follower equipment, if you remember that stuff, um, from Legion and Warlords. You just put it in there and it stays in there and your character gets the benefit of that piece of equipment on any mount they ride. So if you're if you like water walking and you usually use an like well, on a, a water strider mount, now there's a there's a piece of equipment that you should get in the mail if you already have a water strider mount. I've checked this on every character I have who's above a level 100, because that's when the uh, the equipment system comes in, and every character I have who's above level 100 has gotten one of the pieces of mount equipment for their uh, you know you just put it in the tab and then your mount can run on water. And I think the... I was mistaken too because in the queue, one of the things that I said in the queue on Monday was that when you apply that that equipment to your mount tab, it's that equipment for all of your characters, and that's not the case. And I think I was looking at older information where that maybe was the case before, but it's not now. Like each character can choose a piece of out- mount equipment that suits them best. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you can get, once you've unlocked the system, once you have a character above a level 100, it then works for all your alts. So if you have a level 20 character, they get to use mount equipment just as long as you've already got at least one level 100. Um, but the, the mount equipment, one of the things that's cool about it is it's crafted, uh, You know, it, except for the, the one that you can buy from Nat Pagel from the Anglers. You can buy one from him. Like, or you can buy a bunch from him. It's fine on account. You could go and buy one for all of your alts that are below level 100 since they won't be getting one free. And you can just send it to them even if they're on other servers. So if you have one guy who's got the proper rep with the anglers, they can buy that for all your characters. 
It's but, 40 gold, but the 40 yeah. gold is cheaper than the mats that you'd have to spend to make the version with blacksmithing. So if yeah. you spent all of that time grinding out Angler's Rep, you're actually getting a good deal out of it. Also, I am super delighted because I can just ride a horse everywhere. I don't have to ride anything else right now. <laughs> I can just hop on the horse and I'm on my way. <laughs> They actually, yeah, the, you can do stuff like that now. You can ride horses on water. Or let's say you're you, when you achieve flying in uh, in this patch, because that's something else we'll be talking about soon, you can do that too. Uh, and you achieve flight, you can then change. You can say, okay, I don't need water walking anymore. I can fly everywhere. But you can put a parachute on your mount so that if you are dismounted in the air, you will get a parachute. And that's crafted by tailors, and it's bind on equip. So it can be traded. It can be in the auction house. You can find a friendly tailor and say, hey, I got the mats. Can you make this for me? Here's a tip. And then There's you'll also feel like one that's like just back. a flat speed boost, correct? Uh, yeah. Uh, there is one that's like a 20%. There's an, yeah, it's like a 20% speed boost for, for your mounts. That's the enchanting one. Yeah, and I don't... I don't know if that's applicable to flying mounts or just ground mounts. I need to take a closer look at it. But I think that that's going to be my backup once I get flying mounts again. I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up going with the parachute because nothing annoys me more See, than See, I'm an engineer and my cloak has one of those, so I don't have to worry yeah. about it. <laughs> but that's the cool thing about the system yeah, is you have different it's... options. You can and... make one. If you have, like, if you're playing a Death Knight that already has the ability where they could just, like, walk on water and make a frozen path or whatever, then you don't need to worry about the water walking thing. You can pick one of the other cool things. There's, like, a bunch of different choices to choose from. And, and that's been confirmed, by the way. They're, they went out of their way to say, yes, if you're a shaman or a, a Death Knight, yeah. you do not, you, you, you can still get the benefit of the equipment, even if you're using your water walking ability. So, yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't do anything with uh with druid forms or the shaman no. ghost wolf, and it also doesn't work with one particular mount, the uh the big goblin skyhook I want to say it's called I don't remember the name of the goblin. It's mount, the sky but... golem. Yeah, the sky golem because the go sky golem allows you to gather while you are still mounted. It does not get the benefit of that one of the is mount items. its bonus perk. Yeah, um, so and it's a really good bonus perk. So yeah, so I'm glad they have... left that one untouched. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> If you're using that one, it doesn't get the benefit of mount equipment. So that if you if you like running around in your sky golem, you're gonna the trade off is you can't walk on water on it. So but then again they fly, don't they? Yeah. So once you get flying, you'll just be able to fly everywhere. So. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I there are some people who are kind of like they were upset that they took water walking off the off of the water striders, which they did do. As of 8.2, your water strider no longer strides on water. You have to use the mount equipment to make that happen. Um, I understand that, I guess. But the thing is, is like we're getting a lot more flexibility in exchange. And I prefer that option. I, I would rather be able... I have like... I don't know how many mounts I have. I have a bunch of the mount collecting achievements because I have so many mounts available. And... Being able to use any of them and have them do the same thing that the Water Strider did, I'm cool with that. I don't know about you, but I'm like totally cool with that. I like the fact that I don't have to whip out the Water Strider. Every... I could take it off of my toolbar and just put the mounts that I really like. <laughs> I don't know. How do you feel about that? Well, you remember back when we did the leveling stream? That's when I got the, uh, the Water Strider. I refused to get it before and I hated having it. I've never liked that mount. I never liked you having to use it. It's ugly, and I don't like looking at it. Um, so for me, this is great. 
I am charged. I'm like, I will never have to use that mount again. See, no, I, I think the water put... strider is like really charming looking. And I love when you hit the space bar and it goes like way up in the air and kind of looks around. I, I think it's super cute. It's just that's been my only option for water walking for how many expansions now? Like since Mists of Pandaria. So yeah. I don't know. I just like having options now. I like having options, and I guess that's what it all boils down to for me. I don't care that they took the water water walking off of the water striders because they gave it back to us, but they gave it back to us in a way where it's applicable to everybody. So, yeah. I like being able to ride on a big cat and have a little water walking thing going on while I'm doing it. Yeah. I just straight up like it. So, I mean, for me, it's a good, but I understand. I, I get why people don't like things changing, especially when it's something they worked hard for. Yeah. And especially when, yeah. like, if you're, like, if you got this in Mists, then you're not actually, like, say say you're, you've got a character that you never leveled past Mists. It didn't get to 100. You you got to Mists and you stopped. And you didn't, like, you didn't finish it. So you didn't do any any uh, Warlords content or anything past it. Your Water Strider that you got then won't work when you lo- if you decide to log back in your character does not have a water walking mount anymore and can't get one yeah and you could buy the thing but you can't use it till you get to level 100 because the system doesn't work until you're level 100 so i can see there are edge cases where this is straight up a, a downgrade and i could see it annoying people i think on the whole it's a good compromise that allows people to use whatever mount they want and still gives people like you know a benefit for having gotten the water strider in the first place because when you get to level 100 you'll immediately be able to go buy that thing for 40 gold and you won't have to like have anyone else craft it for you you won't have to craft it yourself you'll just you know bam 40 gold you got the thing and you can get it for as many alts as you have so pros and cons i do understand why people are upset i do get being mad although in most cases i think this is an upgrade the other thing that we should mention while we're talking about various things um, is the thing that we spent the almost the entirety of the pre-show playing around with, and that's um, the transmog changes. Yeah, I had forgotten about them entirely <laughs> and dropped that bomb, and I was like, wait, what? I gotta go right now. So, I logged yeah. on to the patch, and I didn't get too far in the questing because I spent like the first... I don't know how long I was there. I was there for too long, just playing with different looks. Now that you could make your gloves disappear, you could make your bracers disappear, you could make you can make everything disappear except your pants. That's the only thing you can't get rid of is your pants. I don't care about that. What I do care about is that every shirt I have in my collection, I could show off now. And I'm just I'm delighted cuz all of a sudden I have so many more options for things that I can do. Anyway, um I I I've got two reasons why I'm really excited about this. One is that I have a lot of Draenei. And I'm sorry, Draenei are so buff. Yes. And my Draenei is a Lightforge now. And Lightforge Draenei have these lovely chest tattoos that I'm looking very much forward to showing off. Uh, And the other thing is, I now have an excuse to get all the shirts that I've been ignoring because I don't ever show them anywhere. Like, See, I collected them because I had a character that was a tailor and that's how she made her money. Because back in the day, before we had the wardrobe or anything, um, I was on a role-playing server, and role-players really wanted those shirts, like, super bad. So I made it a point to get, like, every pattern possible and make all of those shirts. So I have, like, almost the entire catalog. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas for me, I've... 
I've always had a thing where I don't, I've not gotten bracers or shirts because they don't really show up that much. I've started getting bracers because they complete sets and I like to have completed sets. And now I'll have an excuse to, and people are like, you're basically saying that they've added more work for you. And I'm like, yes, I understand that they technically speaking, they've made me have to go back and complete my wardrobe, but I like doing that. That's content. A lot. Yeah. I mean, there's Sorry, we're that, weird. We really like collecting yeah. things. <laughs> I'm going to be running Blackrock Depths all the time now. Oh, I'm going to no. be in there constantly. I have all these characters. <laughs> I'm just going to storm my like level. Like Everything above a 70 is going to go through Blackrock Depths like a chainsaw until that guy drops me his shirt. This is going to be... I'm, I'm kind of happy, actually. I already have Princess's shirt. So I don't have to go to like to like you know. Um... Princess is one of the few shirts that I do not have. I've never been able yeah. to get it to drop for me, and I'm very jealous that you have it. I was running that 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 rate a lot. Well, you and me both, man. <laughs> no, no, but I mean after like oh I, yeah, I, I was running it as soon as we like were leveling to ninety five. I was going back and running because I had a, to get my Shadowmorn done. I was sitting on like the Blood Queen step of Shadowmorn forever. I was like, I got to get it done. I got to get it done. And finally I got it done. I got princess's shirt before I got Shadowmourne. Let's put it that way. That's how wow. much work. Yeah. I had to put it. I got that invincible thing. and I do not have princess's shirt. <laughs> Ooh, that reminds me. <laughs> anyway, regardless, there is a lot more in 8.2 than just, you know, mounts and transmog. There's the new zones. I've barely stuck my foot in them so far but I played them plenty on the PTR so I'm like really looking forward to just taking my time and kind of soaking everything in as I go. Nazdatar is gigantic guys it's, yeah. it's it's gigantic it's gigantic on the level of Argus gigantic. Maybe even like a little two, bigger. It's two Argus zones big. I yeah. honestly think it's about the size. It's about the size of the starting Argus zone and the zone around the raid. Yeah. It's, it is Big. And that's just Nazjatar really because big. we also have Mechagon to look at. And I haven't gotten to Mechagon yet. I need to get there. But like, yeah, me too. I, I'm I working need to on it. Well. <laughs> I'm very excited to go there too because there's a lot of good stuff there as well. Um, I, I'm i just delighted that we have a new patch to play with. I mean, personally, really, that's all it is. It's just I, I love the fact that we have new things to do because I was starting to get a little bored. I was starting, just starting to get a little bored. And now I can work on flying. I can work on, you know, collecting things. I can go ahead and do the zones. There's tons of quests. And you know that that's my jam. There's a new raid to look forward to. The raid, if I remember correctly, Normal and Heroic, it starts in two weeks? July yeah. 9th. Mm -hmm. yep, yeah. July 9th. It starts on, so Normal and Heroic will unlock on July 9th, and then Mythic and Raid Finder, those are going to come out on the 16th, and then the 30th is Raid Finder Wing 2, and I think August 13th is Raid Finder Wing 3, so if you are waiting for Raid Finder content, it's going to be a little while before you're looking at Shara in the face, but until then, there's plenty to keep you going. Plenty, plenty, plenty to keep you going. Um, Azurite has changed. There's new heritage armor to look at that I haven't even poked around or looked at yet, but it's Gnome and Tauren. Have you seen those sets? They're amazing. I love the Tauren set. It's just, it's beautiful. Um, there's a lot of stuff. There's just a lot of stuff. The Benthic armor, that's actually pretty cool too. Have you played with that at all? Not yet, no. Okay. I mean, I think I did a little on the PTR, but I haven't. The From where I saw where you were with the quest chain... 
you're going to finish that quest chain there and then Jaina's going to give you a thing that'll let you pick a piece of benthic armor and she'll give you the pieces that you need to upgrade that piece of benthic armor just so you can see how the system works even if it's not really an upgrade for you necessarily um, you'll be able to see how you get that done it actually doesn't take as much to upgrade the benthic armor as I thought it would so I'm kind of happy about that um, this is actually a really cool kind of catch-up mechanism type thing along the same lines as uh, Timeless Isle or Tanan Jungle or, you know, even Argus. Argus had some catch-up mechanisms in place for people that really wanted to gear pretty quick. Um, so this is kind of along the same lines as that. And I'm really happy that that's in play. The fun thing is, is now that those catch-up things are in play, it, it raises the question, just how much more expansion do we have to go? I guess for me anyway. I got to feel like there's there's at least one more patch cuz this doesn't feel like it ends. Yeah. It doesn't even come close to ending. I mean, <clears throat> granted I haven't seen the end of this raid yet. I don't know how it ends, but there needs to be more before like they would have to if assuming that this last fight of this raid was the last fight, the the equivalent of the Argus fight, then you'd still need a a follow-up to explain what just happened. Because as of right now, we have no idea what just happened. And all the stuff that was set up in this expansion, none of it's been paid off. Like the big start of this expansion, the whole Horde Alliance conflict doesn't get a payoff. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it does not feel to me like this is the last major patch of this expansion. And it certainly doesn't. Blizzard hasn't said it is, which, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they would say something if this was it. But I don't know. I, I'm, I couldn't tell Unless you. they decided for some reason to do something that they haven't done before, not to my knowledge anyway, and end things on a big old cliffhanger. But I can't really see you... them doing that. I can't see... Well, not at this point. There are places where they could drop it off on a cliffhanger and it'd be okay. This is not that moment. It doesn't yeah, feel there's, like it. There's, there's one big mystery. I, I, again, I didn't want to go too much into lore, but there's one big mystery of this so far which is what is Nathanos doing? I'll say that much. I'm not going to go into details on it, but Nathanos is clearly up to something. And obviously he doesn't do anything without Sylvanas telling him to do it. Yeah, if you're playing so... through on the Horde side, he actually says that he has a reason. He he says that um, he has orders and he has to go do something. But you see it like... And he doesn't tell that... you. He doesn't tell you what he has to do. He just tells you that he needs to go do something. And then after everything that goes down, you don't see him again. He's just like he went to go do whatever he was there to do. Yeah, well, can we talk really fast about the opening cinematic? Which yes, I feel like because that was about. really questionable. Yeah. You're watching the opening cinematic, and Nathanos, he's holding um, Zalatath. He's yeah. got it in his hand. He's using it like a compass. Sylvanas gave it to him and said, hey, I need you to go do something for me. And that's, yeah, all, and... The, that's all the exposition you get on Horde side. Yeah, and he's holding it, and he's using it like a compass. And then as his fleet gets to a certain point, as Shara's minions go to her and say, they're, you know, they've arrived, my queen. And she's like, yes, of course, you know, this is exactly as I wanted it. And, you know, go go be a deer and put that Titan relic in the thing. And that's where the huge column of light, light happens. Light it up. And, yeah. And what's interesting about that is that, that beam of light goes off in Nathanos' face and he does not react no, I'm not saying I w I'm not saying it's surprising that he's not afraid. He literally has no reaction 
to this big column of light exploding in his face. He isn't surprised by it. If anything, slight smugness. Like, "Mm mm-hmm. That's it. And that, to me, says that Sylvanas, through through Nathanos and Ashara, there's something going on between the two of them. There's something... There has to be something going on there. Yeah, I think my favorite part about that whole cinematic was um, Gen Greymane's scared wolf face. Because when that boat went tipping over the edge, he like he did this pan. He did the panicked dog scrabble. And if you have a dog, you've seen this before. <laughs> like you've seen you've seen what happens with the dogs when they get really scared. They do this kind of scrabble thing, and their face, their eyes just get like really big. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I. I don't disagree with you. I just, I got nothing else to add other than, man, that was, I, I really, I don't know how to put how much I enjoy just how much as Shara enjoys what she's doing. And we, we've talked a few times about how, you know, Sharonda should be there and all that, but I actually kind of prefer Chandra's being there now that I've seen some of it. Cause I like Chandra's much more matter of fact approach to it. Like lately, Taronda has been kind of super emotional. So I'm I'm okay Can with Can you blame Chandra's. her though? I'm not blaming her at all. This yeah. is not a dig at her. I'm saying that it's nice to have somebody who's just there to get it done. Um and I and I love Chandra. You know I'm a huge fan of Chandra. So getting to see more of her is cool. I, I do wish occasionally she'd kinda I'm not sure what the right word is, pull rank. I mean, sometimes it feels like she defers to people a little too much. Um but I, yeah, I, I was so far what I've seen has been really great. And I, I love the the Ankoa. I love their design, and I love those weapons they carry around. I want one of those. I'm hoping that like the you know, transmog option, like for that giant crazy sword, comes in because those things are just nuts. I love yeah, those I kinda, things. I kind of liked how on Alliance side they introduced this new race, and of course the first thing you're going to ask is, "Are you guys like Jinyu?" And that was like one of the first things that they immediately addressed. Like Jaina brought it up immediately, so uh, it was it was one of those. Oh, good. I'm glad that you asked that question, Jaina, because I was going to if you didn't. <laughs> and they aren't Jinyu. They may be distant cousins of the Jinyu. They left. They said that they left at some point. So that's, I mean, that's pretty much what happened with those guys. Uh, I like the models. I like the voice actors. I think that they're a lot of fun. Um, the quests are fun so far. I'm looking forward to playing through all of it. There is a whopping pile of quests to complete in Nazjatar and Mechagon has some but it's on nowhere near the same scale so I'm also looking Mechagon's, forward yeah Mechagon's much more about you get there mm-hmm. you do get through the thing fast and then you can start like looking for rares and doing some fun stuff it's less a concentrated chunk of story it's, it's it is it understands that it's a side thing that leads up to the dungeon it has some interesting implications on the horde side with the goblins and everything there's there's a lot going on there that i'm kind of like huh i wonder where this is leading because i feel like i feel like as far as the horde is concerned the various factions of the horde are going to have to pick a side eventually here and I don't know if Gallywix would actually turn on Sylvanas. Not if she's getting him what he wants, which is, you know, as right, wealth, way more yeah, as wealth. Long as, as long as he's profiting, he would stay where he's going to profit. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, I think the reason that they were not so gung-ho about Garrosh was because Garrosh was kind of treating him like garbage. 
he had no respect for them and he definitely wasn't like he would promise them hey i'm gonna pay you for something and then like go back on that and to a goblin that's like the worst thing you could do is go back on a deal <laughs> so well, he i outsourced didn't he yeah he did like, a he little went bit to guys like black fuse who were yeah. not part of the horde he went around them yeah like you want to upset a goblin don't pay him and then pay somebody else yeah it's like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's my money you're giving to that guy <laughs> Garrosh was just bad for business all around whereas Sylvanas has been very, fairly straightforward as to what she wants what she's going to give you for it and she doesn't she doesn't she's a very different mindset than, than Garrosh so she's very straightforward and I feel like I don't know if I see Gallywix saying hey yeah I'm going to go ahead and side with you guys hooray let's do the horde and the family no he's going to be like okay which one of you is going to get me more <laughs> which one of you am I going to profit more from that's 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 who I'm siding with <laughs> he's just not a good guy he's never been a good guy um, and everybody's always kind of questioned why he was still leaving the goblins Particularly after, you know, if you if you play a brand if you roll a brand new goblin and you play through all of the quests and everything and you get to the end of it and Thrall's there and he just puts Gallywix in charge, you you immediately go, Why? Why did you do that? That doesn't make any sense. And it hasn't made any sense since Cataclysm. So I'm wondering if we're leading to something where maybe Gallywix isn't gonna be in charge anymore? I don't know. Um regardless yeah, uh, if you have a Horde alt and an Alliance alt, like if you play both factions, it's worth it to do the story on both sides because it's different on both sides. There's different things that you do and there's different implications, of course. So yep. 8.2. It's got a monster amount of stuff. Yeah, we should we, probably we move on, though. Yeah, we're going to have to move on, but there is more we could talk about. We're just making sure that you don't feel like we're, we've talked about it all. There mm -hmm. is definitely more. But um, this next one, um, it's a small one, but I thought it was really cute. Uh, StarCraft Remastered, which is, you know, out there right now. It's original StarCraft, but with, like, uh, graphical updates and some cool story things added in. Yeah. Has a Carbot animation pack. And if you remember the Carbot animations for StarCraft and for other games that Blizzard has, the, the, the super cute little round versions of various StarCraft characters. And, yeah, now you can you can play StarCraft like that. You can just play StarCraft, but with extremely adorable versions of the Zerg and Protoss and Terrans and all that. The original version that they did was just for an arcade mode type thing. Um, this version is vastly different because it's literally the entire game. Like, the entire game. So everything, all of the graphics when you're actually fighting, all of the mission things that are given to you, all of the like the overlay when they're doing like campaign updates and things like that, all the NPCs and everything, it's all been carbotted. <laughs> Is that a verb? I guess we're going to make it one. Anyway. Carbotified. <laughs> Carbotified, something like that. It's yeah. it's all it's so cute. It's so cute. It's like really you wouldn't think of StarCraft as a cuddly, kid-friendly game, but they made it that way. <laughs> they kind of went that route with it. I don't know. But yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, I don't I don't think that they're going to do the same thing with StarCraft 2. I think they're just going to keep it to StarCraft Remastered, yeah? Uh, as far as we know right now, um, mm -hmm. right, first off, this is there's a ton of assets just doing StarCraft. Yeah. StarCraft 2 has like 100 times the assets, if not more, 
I, I think it's some ridiculously high number. I think 100 is underselling just how much more complex visually StarCraft II is. Um, so that would it would be an enormous challenge. And there's just so many more units and there's just so much more stuff to do. Quite frankly, um, the fact that they did it for StarCraft is practically amazing. It's like, are you for real? Like, you seriously did this? Like, and it's StarCraft, even StarCraft Remastered is not a small game. Even all these years later, it's not a small game. To have done this is just so much effort. Yeah, I, I can't I can't imagine they'll do it for StarCraft 2 unless there's just some ridiculous amount of demand for it. Just for StarCraft Remastered, I think that they said that they were working on it for pretty much all of the past year. So it's it's been like a really lengthy, substantial kind of undertaking. And the fact that they've been able to work on this while they're putting out their regular content and stuff, man, those guys must have worked really really hard last year um the thing that makes me kind of sad is that while they were announcing all of this and talking about all of this the other thing that they announced is this is going to be it's it's the upcoming season of starcrafts and i think it's out already actually i think that like the first episode is out i'm not 100 percent on that though but this uh upcoming season of starcrafts it's going to be their final season so they're going to wrap everything up and they won't be doing any more starcrafts after that which Boo. <laughs> I really like Starcrafts. I think it's really funny and it's really cute is, and I love yeah. it a lot. But Starcrafts is pretty much how Carbot got on the map. Yeah. It's yeah, it's what got them noticed by a lot of us. Well, so it this, is sad to see This kind of undertaking, just the sheer scope of what they've done here with with the uh is it a skin or is it a pack? Do we call it a pack? I think it's a pack. It's a pack. It's, 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 it's literally thousands of skins. It's, yeah. Oh, it reskins everything. It does the map. It does everything. So yeah, it's a it's a big deal. This pack that they've done is like I can't think of any better way to do a kind of send off to the whole thing. I mean, you just remade the whole game. <laughs> Let's just redo everything. All the maps, all of the <laughs> mission menus, everything. It's it's all it's all Carbot. So yeah, I was really happy to see that. I thought it was really yeah. great. If if I had a genie, like in a like if I could seriously make a wish and you know rub a magic lamp and have a genie, I would do this to Diablo too. Oh man, would that ever just... be amazing? Yeah, because I'm looking at a picture right now of like one of the Zerg from this, and my God, the Zerg are cute when they're carbot. It's just just the most adorable thing. It's like yeah. flying over to bite Protoss on the head, and it's just just so cute. I like their version of the Hydralisks. I think they're fantastic. They got like these little jumpy mouths. Anyway, so yeah, that's going on. <laughs> and that's yeah, basically that's just. I don't. I I want to talk about more, but there really isn't much else to say. So instead, um, this this week we had an announcement for Hearthstone. Uh, basically, they're they've decided that certain they're going to change the meta pretty pretty extensively. They're taking like ten cards out of like. They, right now, they have certain cards that are in the the basic or classic you know, decks, and those are used in like everything. They're in you know all sorts of competitions and so forth. Certain cards are seen as not really fitting the class fantasy for Hearthstone, so they're being taken out and put in like the the Hall of Fame. You can still use Hall of Fame cards for like wild matches and so forth, but you can't for for stuff like you know a, a pretty much everything else. You kind of have to use the basic and classic sets. So. In order to replace those, they have to replace those cards because they're taking so many out. Um, 
one of the ones that comes to mind is I think uh, mind is it mindfly or mindflare? It's mind blast. There's a couple. Blast, there's a yeah. couple of cards with big impacts that they're taking out, and one of them is mind blast for priests. The other one is they're removing vanish for rogues, and I, I kind of get their reasoning for it. Like as far as based on their class identities, rogues should be bad at clearing the board, and priests should be bad at direct damage. Because, you know, you got a priest, you got a rogue. The thing is, is for me, and I'm a World of Warcraft player. Like, that's where I'm coming from. For me, Vanish is like, that's part of the class. You you, you wouldn't remove Vanish from a rogue in World of Warcraft. So I don't, I don't quite understand exactly what they're going for here in Hearthstone. But what I find interesting is that, you know, all of Legion, all of Legion, they were talking about class fantasy and the idea of class fantasy and making sure that classes were kind of like the most concentrated thing that they could be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of stripped them down and reformed them. And even some specs got like changes and things like that. Look at Outlaw. It's actually a thing now. Um, it wasn't prior to Legion, but they decided to change combat to that because they wanted to embrace that whole idea of class fantasy. Well, now it sounds like Hearthstone is kind of trying to do the same thing. Like they're moving on to doing the same thing. Um, the thing that's really weird about this, though, is that we're in the middle of a Hearthstone season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're doing this in the middle of a Hearthstone season. And this kind of thing is going to really shake up how people are playing. Um, oh, yeah, big time. Because right now, if you have, say, uh, Vanish in your deck, if that's one of the cards you use a lot, yeah, no, you can't. You just straight up lost it. You, but I used it to help get everything off the board. Well, now you can't. Yeah. It, it changes everything about how you're doing it. So, yeah, that's... I think the Mind Blast one... The Mind Blast one... They, they literally took Mind Blast's functionality and made a whole new card that instead of you doing that damage to the enemy hero, you heal your hero for that amount. Yeah, the priest, car- the priest class is getting a new card called Radiance. It's a one-mana spell, and it heals your hero for five health. It's basically like a weaker version of the Flash Heal from the Grand Tournament. And the thing is, is like doesn't match the mind blast for value as far as that goes and it also it's just it's not as good a card it's just not as good a card so i don't know what they're going with here other than because the thing is is like world of warcraft priest shadow priest shadow priest do mind blast that's like one of their main kit that's one of the first spells that you get as like a priest even back in vanilla that was you got what was it? It was like Shadow Word Pain, and then I think it was Fear. No, it was Mind Blast, and then Fear came sometime after that. It, it's one of those spells that's always been in the Priest Kit, regardless of whether you were a Healing Priest or a Shadow Priest at one point in time or another. And then they said, okay, this is going to be a Shadow Priest thing. It's something that Shadow Priests do. But by removing that, you're basically saying that as far as Hearthstone is concerned, and as far as the Hearthstone universe is concerned, priests should definitely be centered around healing without question, and not necessarily be doing the kind of direct damage like a Shadow Priest, like you would expect expect a Shadow Priest to do. And that's just odd to me. I don't, I don't get, I don't quite get the reasoning behind this. I kind of... Well, the problem I have, I mean, the interesting thing about it too... Mm-hmm. is that because Hearthstone uses minions and has the board and has certain mechanics that are built around clearing the board or stacking right. minions and taunting, it's a different. That, it's a different kind of balance. Yeah. It's it's a very different kind of balance because, you know, MMO, card game, two completely different games. And because they're doing that, they're, they're, the idea of what their class fantasy is 
is different between the two games. Like there's no, there's no fan, there's no class fantasy in world of Warcraft of rogue should be really good at killing sing, you know, this one guy, but not as good at killing all of the people with him. That's just not something. I mean, the closest you'd get is rogue should have weak AOE. I mean, we've got and, fan of knives and it's pretty beefy. So, you know, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's that's still, what I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that sh- that's what it is. I'm, I'm just saying that that'd be the only way to really look at it. The Hearthstone has a different, because the mechanics are different and because the focus is different. I mean, I get what they're doing. I'm not hundred percent sure on the specific mechanisms of what they're doing. Like, I feel like if you didn't want priests to have a direct damage to the enemy hero thing, that makes sense. But instead of just giving them a heal that is kind of superfluous, except that it's real cheap, it's why not wimpy give, little them, cheap heal, give them a yeah. better minion or something? Especially since we're looking at the new cards. Some of those new cards have just some amazing minions. They're like they're bringing in like there's a one minion for the warlock card that's just unbelievably good. Um, and if you're going to do that, I, and I get why you do that, and I get why you'd want warlocks to be the ones to have it. Um, uh, Siege Breaker. It's a seven mana, five to eight demon with taunt that gives your other demons, you know, plus one attack. It's a high cost. It's a yeah. high cost card, but what you get for it is actually pretty good. The the other classes are getting good things. Like druids, druids are actually getting a gift of the wild card, which I think is fantastic. But it, it again, it's a high cost card. It's an eight mana spell card. It adds plus two, plus two, and taunt to your minions that you have currently in play, which could be pretty devastating later on in the game. But again, it's an eight mana card. Is that how many people are gonna use that late game like, it's like that? Yeah, you have to get up to it. You're by the time you get up to being able to use your eight mana card you've already laid out what your strat's going to be, and either it's working or it's not. Yeah, and meanwhile, sort of Paladin, like... Paladins have a new card. It's going to be called Righteousness, and that one gives all of your minions Divine Shield, which is fantastic, and that one only costs five mana. So it's still a little pricey, but it's nowhere near the same level as Gift of the Wild is. It, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't see what they're... I don't see what they're going for here. I guess that's that's the crux of it, is... And maybe they need to have a, a developer sit down and do a chat about it. I think that's what needs to happen here. Is just they need to have like a developer chat where they sit down and they explain, you know, they're thinking behind all of these changes and what they're preparing for in the future. Because that's the only thing that I, that's the only reason I can think of for them to pull something like this in the middle of a current season is if they are building up towards or trying to kind of reshape the game a little bit so that when the next expansion comes out or the next uh, adventure pack comes out, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. They've already got the like the building blocks in place so that they can do what they need to do with whatever's coming out that's new. And I get that. I get the idea behind that. I just I feel like I feel like maybe we need a dev chat about this for them to explain their choices and explain why we've decided to go the class fantasy route because that's a little different. Yeah, that's the uh, other thing too is they made a, a statement. I think I'm gonna read it. Since these are basic and classic cards and so not subject to set rotation, we want to be careful with their power level so that the Hearthstone can continue to feel fresh with each new year. At the same time, we'd like to provide effects that are natural for their class and can be useful in the right circumstances. And this kind of, to me, I don't, again, I'm not a huge Hearthstone player. I play every so often, like, you know, if I'm bored or, you know, I feel like having a change up, but I feel like with Hearthstone in particular and, you know, with Blizzard in general, they like to do this kind of thing where they undercorrect when, like, you know, they they make they a make change and little they, changes. 
And sometimes the little change is kind of underwhelming. And then they like, okay, but we can always go up later if it's not. They'd rather than do something big and make it too good and have everyone be in love with it and then have to bring it down. They'd rather make a change and have it be kind of meh and then go up later. If So I'm, I feel like they kind of overdid that this time and went too low. But that's kind of where I think they're going with this. Yeah, um, some of these philosophy. cards, like I said, some of these cards, they seem pretty good. I mean, yes, they're high cost, but they've got pretty good effects and stuff. It's just for priests, I feel like priests just really, they kind of stomped on them a little bit here. And I don't know. I mean, were priests really that good? Did we need to do that? Because this feels like, it feels like a nerf, honestly. But I mean, that's coming for me. And I don't, I don't play Hearthstone super frequently. Um, I like to watch the tournaments and things like that. I'm interested in seeing how this changes what they're doing as far as like competition, competitions and things like that. Um, if people are going to like have problems, I know it's going to shake up the meta. I know it's going to shake it up. And it just feels weird that they decided to do this in the middle of a season. I don't, I don't quite understand their reasoning behind that. So yeah, I'm kind of hoping to come out with a dev chat or something. Cause I, yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear. And of course, you know, having, <laughs> bring on Kosak. <laughs> Let Kosak explain everything. Because <laughs> he's just a joy to watch anyway. <laughs> you know. Make him use make him use some puppets. Yeah, I have him use some hand puppets. A... I... Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. So yeah. All right. Uh, in addition to that, the last story we're gonna talk about today. Um Overwatch is getting subtitles and it's currently on the PTR with them. And some players are kind of upset because they feel like they're gonna have to play with subtitles because it it gives people it might give people an advantage because for instance i think the one example that um that i was talked i was talking to someone about was what if um there's a i think in the subtitles if um you you have a i can't remember her name and she stealths sombra the hacker sombra thank you if sombra stealthed and you get you get her out of stealth it'll make a sound and the, the subtitles will say you know make will tell you that the sound has been made and so you you have to have the subtitles on so you can see that I don't know about that. As somebody who has a hard time, I'll, I'll be upfront. When I'm games like this, I'm having a hard time check seeing everything at once. I don't know if I'll be able to pay attention to subtitles and keep myself from getting shot in the head by a like Widowmaker somewhere. But I, that's the argument. So, what, what do you think? What do you, you looked at it at all? What do you think about that? I think that for people who are hard of hearing or deaf, this is a fantastic option. Because the thing is, is like Overwatch was built on sound cues. There was like a big old, I think, was it the year that it was announced? Or it might have been the following year. They had a big old uh, panel where they were talking about sound in Overwatch and how they designed the sound so that you could pick up on things from various sound cues. And that's why, you know, people say certain things when they're doing certain attacks, that kind of thing. So, you know, you, you kind of get... You get a heads up that something's coming. If you hear Hanzo screaming, <laughs> you know there's going to be a dragon somewhere, and you best like find cover if you can, or get out of the way, or look for it. Um, if you're hard of hearing, though, you might not hear that, and you aren't going to enjoy the game. So, like for me, and keep in mind that like my father, my father had hearing aids in both of his ears, and he had hearing aids in both of his ears for like. I don't know, 30 years or something. So I'm used to like interacting with somebody that, that is hard of hearing. There's like specific things. I always had to like look at him while I was talking, slow my speech down a little bit so he could like read my lips as well as let the hearing aids do their thing. I couldn't imagine 
trying to play a video game that's as reliant on sound cues if your hearing is bad like that. It, it'd just be like nigh impossible. So I don't see anything wrong with them adding subtitles. I think it's fantastic. I think it's pretty cool. I think that there are people in the community that would love to be playing this game that maybe weren't the most effective and now they've got a way that they can be more effective and more competitive with it. And I think that's fantastic. And yeah, I know people are going to complain or whatever and go, oh man, if there's text on the screen, then you're going to know everything that happens ahead of time. And Then turn the subtitles on. Or if you've got perfectly good hearing, keep the subtitles off and keep playing like you're playing. It's not a big deal, guys. It's just opening up accessibility a little bit so that more people can play the game and enjoy it. And I mean, I'm, as somebody who ha- I don't have a hearing problems, but I do have vision problems. Yeah. And subtitles actually help me quite a bit. And it's like, the same thing so with can... like, it, it, for me, it's like it's like adding colorblind mode to something. You know, when they put colorblind mode in, so that people that are colorblind can actually like tell the difference between two different things that are very much two different colors to people that have you know good eyesight. But if you're colorblind, you can't necessarily discern one color from another color. So, colorblind mode that helps you out with it. Is it giving you any kind of an advantage? No, it's just letting you play the game. And I think that's what this is doing with the subtitles. It's just letting people play the game who can't necessarily play the game you know what i mean no I, like i said before i i think subtitles are great as somebody who's got visual problems i want them there because they yeah. make it easier for me to see things but uh you know i uh, oftentimes i don't understand people's objections but i don't want to just blow over them if you've got a serious objection i want to understand it just to know what it is yeah in this case i i get I don't think it'll be really a problem because, quite frankly, I think enough happens in a really heated Overwatch match that if you are spending a lot of time scanning, you know, the text for, oh, somebody just done stealth, you probably could have heard it just as well in most cases. And yeah. in that time, you're not paying attention to what's going around you as much because you're trying to read text. Uh, yeah. So. Well, and you've got games out here. I, I It was pointed out in uh, the article on the website, Tyler pointed it out, that um, Apex Le- Legends... It came out recently, and it had not only normal subtitles for the game, but it also has subtitles that caption voice chat into written text, which is crazy and amazing, and Overwatch doesn't have anything like that. So it was really silly that Overwatch didn't even have subtitles for regular text there, like from day one. It was weird that they didn't have it from day one. Um I know the idea of being reliant on sound cues is great and everything, and I think that it's a really clever way to let people know what's going on with the map, even if they're, you know, across the map or whatever. They can't necessarily set their eyes on whatever it is that they're seeing, but for people that are hard of hearing or, you know, people that have no hearing at all, it it automatically was like, well, guess I can't play that game. Or you just have to, like, trust your eyes and not necessarily play at as high a level, you know... I just I I think it's evening the playing field and I like it. And if people have a problem with that, I I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Okay, so that's pretty much it for news. I think that pretty much is going to wrap us up for the episode because I mean, we've got time for like what? I don't do you think want to try have... and do one email. I don't think we have time for any of these emails because these emails are actually like pretty extensive. Um well, okay. I'm going to take the second question here from Shad. Uh, Blood Elf Prodded in from US Hydal. We'll just 
address this real quick, okay? Because I think it's kind of an interesting question. Um, okay. I said, what big change on the level of on the level of impact of Group Finder do you think needs to happen next for World of Warcraft? Personally, as someone who could no longer raid outside of LFR, I would like to see single or small group partner slash trio content that is very challenging with rewards similar to raiding, but that does not require me to log in for a set number of hours at a set time each week. What do you think? Uh, hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer what I want rather than talk about the feasibility of what he wants. Yeah. Um, something I'd like to see that I've, I've wanted to see for a very long time is player housing. I think it's got to come in sooner or later. I really, I don't understand their hesitation to do it at this point. I don't get it. Um, I know Blizzard is their own unique animal and they're, but I look at like, you know, I look at the videos from say Wildstar of people's player housing and how, See, I was going to, I was going to follow up with what you said with, <laughs> Wildstar is gone. Please feel free to go ahead and cop their system because they aren't they don't exist anymore. <laughs> like anyway, seriously. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That's pretty much my my I've I've over the, the years I've been playing this game, I've thought of like 17 different kinds of player housing I think would work. Um and you know, granted we always do that. Players always think they can fix everything and design everything. It's of course the the, the actual designers have a better grasp of the challenges and complexities and reasons why it might not work and what the game is actually capable of doing yeah that's all true but so many games have put housing in at this point i have to feel like world of warcraft can solve this problem uh and i have to feel like there's a there's no good reason not to do it um maybe that's like a giant rabbit hole that will like you know suck up developer time and take forever and keep us from getting new content maybe it's a horrible idea but if we're making a wish on a, you know, if I, you were handing me a lamp and saying you get one wish for World of Warcraft Go, it would be player housing at this point. I mean, yes, I like that. Do I think that it would be something that would have the level of impact of a group finder? No, not necessarily. But um, there's one thing that I've wanted to make a return, actually. Um, I want scenarios back. And I don't mean that this we don't have scenarios right now because we do. They're there. They're mostly solo player content. I'm talking about the stuff from Miss Vandaria. The three player quick scenario things that you could run through and do. And we've got something kind of similar to that with Island Expeditions. And that's all well and good. But I really liked scenarios. I also particularly liked um, the ones that we got towards the end of Mr. Pandaria, where it was like little story chunks of stuff that was actually like relevant to what was going on. I thought that was great. And... I would like to see those come back again because that was some of my favorite content in Pandaria and nothing has really filled that niche for me it was as of yet. Weird that, it was weird that they retreated from that like they did, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like they had them, they even had like heroic ones that were harder. They were great! <laughs> and they just suddenly stopped doing it. They, they, they still had the technology and they still used it in Warlords, but it was all for stuff like, you know, here's a one person scenario for you to do this, this quest chain and experience this part of the story. It's like, that's here's great, an introductory but... scenario to get you where you need to be. Like, yeah, it's not the same like, thing. No. And it was not that it was bad, but it was just like, why did you stop doing this? Like, that's something I've never really seen them talk about is why they stopped doing that. Like, what was the, what was the problem with it? Why, what did it not provide that you wanted it to be providing? What did it not do? I cannot um, fathom 
the idea that they simply ran out of ideas because that's ridiculous and I don't think that they would run out of ideas or something like that because it is small scale but it's like small scale pieces of content that they could use to kind of bolster the story in places where it hasn't necessarily you know if there's like a side piece going on why not make that a three-person scenario? I don't know. I just miss it. I miss it. I really liked doing it. That was that was one of the things that I was really gung-ho about in Miss of Pandaria. Um, even if I was, like, waiting to queue for LFR or if, if I was waiting to queue for, like, a regular dungeon. I mean, I was playing a rogue at the time. I'm still playing a rogue right now. And when you queue up as DPS all by yourself, sometimes those queues take forever for a regular dungeon. But... I could queue up for the dungeon and then I could go do like two scenarios while I was sitting in the queue. And by the time I got done with those scenarios, my dungeon was ready to go. It just, it kept me busy. I don't know. I just, I liked it a lot and I wish they'd bring it back. So yeah, I don't, I don't know why they got rid of it, but that's, that's my answer for that question. And maybe it's not quite as, you know, intensive or groundbreaking as, uh, the group finder I don't think anything is going to have that same level of impact as the group I think that was like the biggest level of impact that, that they could have thrown in the game that and LFR and I don't know if anything's ever going to hit on quite the same level as that did you know what I mean yeah I, it's up there with changing raid sizes when they changed raid sizes to flex rating I think that was a really big uh, seismic change in raid the only other because... seismic thing that I think that they could do that would pretty much shake up the entirety of the game on the same level that Group Finder did, or Looking for Group did, it was a Group Finder or Looking for Group back in Wrath. I forget what they called it back in Wrath, but... Uh, Dungeon Finder for the Dungeon Finder. Launch. Dungeon Finder. The only, LFD. Thing, the only thing that I can think of that would shake up the game on the same level as that is if they ditch both factions. Yeah, or allowed complete cross-faction grouping. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Or even just some cross-faction grouping would, would be enough to shake things up. And I'd be okay with that, too, honestly. I, I'd be perfectly okay with that. And I know that people are like, well, what about PvP? Da, 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 da. There's these things called war games that you could do. It's like, it doesn't have to be, oh, we're at each other's throats and we're fighting over resources. It could be, hey, we're training for the next big bad thing that's going to come along or whatever. It would be cool if you didn't have to, like, change your faction. If you wanted to raid with a particular group, you know. But we've been over this. We've been over this. Anyway, hope that answers your question, Shad. We do have plenty more emails, but we're going to go ahead and we'll just reserve those to next week. And we'll talk about them then, provided Blizzard doesn't come out with another mountain of news. Or, you know, a giant patch. <laughs> I don't that think does that does seem they... less likely. If 8.2 drops next week, I'm going to 8.2.5 drops next week, I'm going to be surprised. That so, would yeah. be really weird. But if they drop the PTR for it, that would also be weird. Anyway. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up, though. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Again, guys, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for the show. It's been a pretty busy week, uh, just and it's only Wednesday. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be here next week. Bye. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.